0: Oanda on Jazz FM online trading, currency data, money transfers.
1: I'm joined by Craig Irlem from Oanda. Very good morning to you, Craig. Um, let's talk about China first of all, and uh, and how the people actually going back to the factories caused the Asian markets to rebound a bit. And similarly, Wall Street was up on healthcare stocks yesterday. So, what are we seeing?
0: Yeah I mean these are extraordinary markets even now they have calmed down a lot over the last week or two but we're still uh, seeing some quite extraordinary moves. The China data overnight seems to have settled some nerves. But, I mean, we, we were coming off a dreadful, dreadful number the month mm. before. So, these are the survey figures. So, every month you have a number of manufacturers and service uh, providers who are asked about current conditions and about their outlook. Obviously, as far as China is concerned, February was an absolutely dire month when many of these factories shut. So, the survey measure dropped well below the 50 level, which separates growth from contraction. It fell to 296 uh, and abs- uh, that was on the non-manufacturing on the manufacturing it fell to 35.7 two utterly horrendous numbers so we've jumped back into growth territory uh, this month but many factories have reopened so that's not entirely surprising uh, that we've seen a bounce back but it was a greater bounce back than we were uh, expecting which is why we we're seeing some nerves settled i always had a little bit of skepticism to this one because of where the data is coming from but also two because um the the very fact that it is survey data means that um, the mood has a has a has an ability to change things and if just the fact that this is improving better than Um, maybe many of these manufacturers and uh, service providers thought then perhaps that maybe that has uh, enabled the number itself to bounce back more than expected. The hard data is obviously always more reliable. Um, In terms of overall markets, yeah, like I say, we are seeing some quite extraordinary markets right now. I think it's encouraging for one that four of the last five days have been positive uh, on Wall Street. Friday was a strong sell-off day, but I think going into a weekend when we have seen many worrying weekends it's not entirely surprising, but that bounce back on Monday is definitely we'll, encouraging.
1: We'll, we'll get a market over few a few from you later in the program including Europe as well um, but generally speaking when we spoke last week in in that extreme volatility and I asked you about you know what what do you actually look for and it was as if you were looking for some societal it would, change in society's attitude towards things. We've got lockdown fatigue in, uh, in Italy and Spain. Of course it will happen here and yet at the same time um, the UK epidemic according to um, the the professor, that, that Neil Ferguson, the Professor of Mathematical, Biological at Imperial College, says UK epidemic is slowing, antibody tests could soon be ready. Is that the kind of thing that will give some sort of encouragement to the markets, do you think, generally?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think if we start to see changes in the numbers of the acceleration rate in terms mm-hmm. of the number of cases will also have an impact as well, but what I would also warn alongside that is we may be starting to see that, we may start to see that in the UK, but I think the US there is much worse to come, and this is still the US is an enormously important market once we start to see the numbers there dramatically uh, deteriorate I do wonder whether this rally will continue to have the legs that it's currently having Uh, my fear is still that we haven't seen a market bottom yet because I still don't think we are quite close to peak coronavirus
1: there's still confusion over bailout funds here in the UK isn't there Um, and uh, and also a, a number of small businesses will be forced onto the breadline. May have, or may have happened already. Um, that recovery is going to be, put it mildly, extremely difficult, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, because this is it's it, it, it's a question of who gets bailed out. Um, is this going to be? Um, the, is the government going to be selective, or are they going to use a more broad brush, broad brush approach? Uh, are they going to save companies which were um, w- which were teetering on uh, difficulties anyway? The flyby experience suggests not that this kind of immediate opportunity was, right, it's become overwhelming now, let's just let that one go and move on. That would suggest that they're not going to save all companies, but I think they are going to try and save most. But the more and more now we are seeing different industries saying that they are going to need a bailout of some sorts, whether that is a tax holiday, whether that's a more direct bailout. Uh, Obviously, um, in in the news feed, we saw about things like... uh, Bus, buses uh, rail um things that we typically use every day but i think there's going to be many many more sectors which are going to be severely impacted by this in the short term which are going to be going to the government
1: hand uh, looking for some financial support when you see this th- this talk of financial support your financial brain obviously turns to where all this is going to come from i think most people think that don't they i mean are we still in credit as far as the rest of the world's concerned
0: I think, um, in terms of where it's going to come from, a lot of it is going to be the government looking to um, be a kind of lender of last resort. So it's going to be kind of guarantees as opposed to direct support in as many cases as where uh, as they will possibly be. But that means that obviously many of these are going to be cap in hand to the banks and to other institutions. So it, it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how this actually does move because, like as we said before, these are very uh, these are unprecedented times and this isn't just a UK issue this is going to be many businesses like this in many countries all around the world who are all going to be facing extremely similar situations or going capping hand. What the central banks have done though they've put enormous liquidity into the financial system so as well as companies going capping hand to the rest of the world looking for financial support there's also going to be a lot of cash sloshing around the financial system looking for a return so the question is how sustainable is it going to be and um, how easy is it going to be for many of these companies to access again this is going to be the kind of the next one of the next phases including data itself in terms of how the economies have been impacted but obviously now how businesses uh, are able to survive.
1: Talk us through the oil price actually because the story this morning is it could actually go negative now what does that actually mean?
0: Well, I mean, I think what we're seeing there is uh, an extreme circumstance. So they're effectively just highlighting just how um, how bad the supply and demand dynamics have got. Uh, so at this moment in time, we've got oil trading at uh, around $20 a barrel yesterday. Uh, US crude, WTI, slipped just below $20 a barrel. So these are extraordinarily low levels. It's the lowest levels in 18 years. Uh, and the, uh, the, the, the trend is very much against it. So there's two dynamics which are really driving these prices lower there is the demand side we're heading for a global recession naturally that means lower demand but we're also obviously seeing airlines grounded we're seeing uh, people out on the road less so that means less demand as well so this big shock has really hit oil prices and at the same time we've got an oil price war between uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia so they were trying to agree a supply cut uh, and instead that deal fell apart and Saudi Arabia said fine we're going to produce three million more barrels a day and we're also going to sell it at a massive discount on the market." And Russia responded in kind. So we've got this flood of oil on the market at a time when no one wants it. So but oil prices have understandably crashed.
1: You, can't, so be, you can't put the stuff back in the ground, though, can you? That's the problem. So presumably there's a, a premium for storage space right now. In fact, just, I mean, not to be too crude about it. <laughs> sorry, that's a terrible pun. Um, there, no, there, there probably will be tankers, actually, as we speak, at anchor full of oil.
0: Well we've seen this before we've um, uh, in recent years is when we've we've had such an oversupply situation it has to go somewhere as you say Mm. and the tankers do become full so what we had at one stage was we effectively had shipping containers that were just parked at ports with nowhere to go but they were just needed to in order to store oil so what happens in situations like this is the cost of a barrel of oil declines and the cost of storage solutions goes up because it's suddenly um, extremely in demand so this idea behind negative uh, oil prices is simply that we could get to a point whereby these, all these storage tankers around the world are full and all of these oil producers need to get rid of this oil because they need to continue to produce uh, at a certain rate. Now, I don't think we get to the point that we're going into negative oil. I think what's effectively going to happen is we're going to see people pumping less. It may not be uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia if they do have this appetite for this price war, but we have an entire US shale industry which is ex- going to be extremely unprofitable at these levels. We are going to see them uh, pumping less which should bring uh, this into balance it's also a highly indebted industry as well so we could see many job losses over there as many of these companies go bust or consolidate so there is going to be a massive shift and I think this is kind of what Russia is aiming for because in all of these years of these supply court agreements with OPEC uh, members what we've effectively seen is a boom in US shale industry because they are able to produce, to produce oil at these lower prices unfortunately they're just not able to produce at the price we're currently seeing uh, and the level of debt they've got themselves into as a reason to this is quite severe, and I think that is what Russia is betting on.
1: Right. Um, let's talk about dividends and banks and and and, and all the rest. A, a dividend freeze now. Um, investors and this is. I would imagine the majority, I mean, whether you like it or not, you're either directly investing or indirectly invested in, 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 the, in the stock markets, either in this country or indeed globally. If there's a dividend freeze, I mean, one of the things about equities is the dividend, isn't it? And that's the thing that you, you're supposed to reinvest, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if there's a freeze in that, what, what does that actually mean?
0: Well, it just means that there's going to be less money going into, uh, less money to stay kind of floating in the financial system. But it also means that there's certain stocks out there which have lost a certain amount of their appeal. There's many stocks out there where even when they're unprofitable, they'll pay the dividend because they are a dividend payer. And there's uh, plenty of people who look for value in the stock markets, but then there's people who look for constant returns. If you're a pension fund and you have, an annuity uh, to pay out, or if you're an insurance fund and you're relying on these annuities, then you need these dividend payouts in order to pay out a certain element of this. So uh, there's a number of people, a number of investment funds that rely on these dividends. But with regards to these banks across Europe, what the ECB has said to these banks is they said, in the last financial crisis a decade ago, you were at fault now it's your time to be the saviour it's your time to come to the rescue of other yes. people and we are now in a situation where we need the banks to take to be part of the solution rather than the problem uh, and they said so therefore we are strongly encouraging you and uh, the the strength of this is clearly quite severe we are strongly encouraging you to cancel dividends cancel share buybacks and use that funds those funds those billions of uh, euros that you could be paying out in other means and use it to lend to the real economy lend to small businesses and help us through this crisis.
1: Okay Craig coming up to the end of the program but just before you go give us an overall view chuck in all that stuff about the World Health Organization maybe saying that the outbreak is reaching its peak slightly more optimistic sounds from the chief medical officer and his team uh, in this country I mean again are we clutching at straws tell me what what do you feel right now?
0: So I'm hoping I'm wrong but I fear that there is A little bit more downside to come because we hopefully are nearing the peak and what we all we really need to see as investors is the light at the end of the tunnel we need to be seeing signs that we're at this turnaround point but as we've seen in italy that's very difficult to come by because just as you feel like you're turning around you see a bit of a spread and all the cases Like against spain is the same the us is all still to come so i fear there is still another test of these lows but four out of five days of gains in these markets is very encouraging so I'm far more encouraged now than I was a week ago Uh, and these are still extremely discounted levels.
1: Craig Gillum, thank you very much indeed
0: The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda Online Trading, Currency Data Money Transfers